Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky, and I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Wednesday, November 16th, and I hope you're enjoying the blessings of the Lord. Today happens to be the wedding anniversary, Brother Robert and Miss Sue Vincent. 60 years today. They've been married 60 years. Praise God. And so we want to say happy anniversary to Brother Robert and Miss Sue. Hope God blesses them with many more. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I do have some special requests. Pray for Mrs. Hall today. She's supposed to be having that cardio aversion thing where uh, they get her heart back in rhythm. And so be in prayer for her today and then others with some treatments and, and, uh, doctor visits. Miss Ann Dockery with the shingles on her head and face and around her eye. I want to pray for her. Lord, touch her. And then, of course, we've got midweek prayer service tonight at 7 p.m. here at the Island Ford Baptist Church. Love to have you come and be with us in that. Well, I'm preaching a message this week that we began on Monday. We'll continue throughout the week till Friday. And I'm dealing with the thought, what to do when someone you know pitches their tent toward Sodom? Very touchy issue. I'll say more about that in just a moment. But uh, a very needful issue. So if you would pray that God would use this for his glory and for his honor. Now, here's a song by the Shepherd family that I trust will be a blessing. A song entitled, How Great It Is. As we get ready to look in the scripture, let me just mention that this message today is a message that could be somewhat controversial. I'm dealing with an issue I'd rather not deal with. And yet I feel and felt that it was needful to do so then, and I feel that it is needful even to broadcast it now. This message was preached back several years ago, really at an election time before not this president, but the previous president was elected. It was when they were running for office and they were struggling and and things were done. And I'll say more about that. You'll hear it on today's broadcast on the message. But I'm preaching on this thought, what to do when someone you know pitches their tent toward Sodom. Again, not a very pleasant subject. But we're looking in Genesis chapter 13, and we're just going to be reading the Bible and dealing with what the Bible says that Abraham did. Genesis chapter 13, verses 1 through 18, particularly taking our text from verse 12, where it says that Lot pitched his tent toward Sodom. I'm preaching on what to do when someone you know pitches their tent toward Sodom. Since this is such a sensitive subject, I'm going to have a lengthy introduction on each day. This is broadcast in which I'm given all the scripture and given the historical information to lay the foundation for the message and then the message. So I hope you'll stay tuned and at least be helped if you cannot enjoy the sermon as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Allen Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. If you want to turn in your Bibles, be looking in Genesis chapter number 13 is where we're looking this morning. Genesis chapter number 13. You've heard of the principle of first mention. That's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Let's look at verse number 1 of chapter 13. I want to read down, I'll read the whole chapter, and I'll pick out some verses and show you our text. The Bible said, And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. 
And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also which went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents. The land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Abram lifted up his eyes, I'm sorry, and Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. And Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward, for all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land, in the length of it, and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. And I want to really preach on the separation between Lot and Abraham, Abram as he's called in the text. Verse number 13 particularly, the Bible said, the men of Sodom, no, verse number 12, I'm sorry, verse number 12, and Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, this phrase, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. I want to preach this morning on this thought. What to do when someone you know pitches their tent toward Sodom? Now, my message today really is a message of a burden that's on my heart, because just this past Thursday, July the 21st, at the GOP convention one of the main speakers on the stage that night, Thursday night, was a man by the name of Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel is a 48-year-old German-born American citizen. He is a business entrepreneur, having become famous for co-founding and serving as CEO of PayPal. But he has now become even more famous for his speech at the Republican National Convention, where he said this, this is a quote, he says, Every American has a unique identity. I am proud to be gay. I am proud to be a Republican. But most of all, I am proud to be an American. 
Immediately following that statement, the entire room erupted in applause. And Mr. Thiel received a standing ovation amid rousing applause, especially from the Trump family. Following that man's speech, not immediately following, but later on in the night, Mr. Trump's keynote speech in accepting the Republican nomination as their selected candidate for the presidency, he, Mr. Trump, made overtures towards the pro-Sodomite crowd. And this is what he said. Again, it's a direct quote. He said, as president, I will do everything in my power to protect LGBTQ citizens from the violence and oppression of a hateful foreign ideology. Mr. Trump said that to a round of applause. And then he went off script. And again, a quote, he said, And I have to say, as a Republican, it's so nice to hear you cheering for what I just said. He pitched his tent towards Sodom. And that crowd pitched their tent towards Sodom. One of the surprises of this, these statements being so pronounced on the main stage of the convention floor following this display of such applause and approval, one of the most amazing things is that this year's rules, the party rules of the committee chose, and by the way, by the in, in, in influence of Mr. Ted Cruz, uh, they chose a platform that is the most conservative platform in the Republican Party history. In that platform, they stand against the transgender bathroom push by the Obama administration. In that platform, they submit and support conversion therapy to help bring confused LGBTQs to a straight and normal lifestyle. However, with these public statements, we have to conclude that Mr. Trump and that crowd have pitched their tent towards Sodom. This seems to be the trend of this generation, by the way. You might already have friends and family members who have done just the same. They've chosen to no longer condemn sodomy as sin and perversion. They've chosen to accept that as a quote-unquote normal lifestyle. They've chosen to embrace it as acceptable so long as it has mutual consent. If you live very long in this sad generation that we live in, you're going to face these issues and you're going to have to decide what to do when someone you know pitches their tent towards Sodom. Now, just by way of introduction, let me start out beginning to admit that I am angry. However, you will not hear me advocating violence or spewing curse words or even slang terms towards these people. We have to live in this world. We have to turn our head from the billboards. I want to deal with this biblically. I don't want to deal with it emotionally. I don't want to deal with it with anger. I want to deal with it like the Bible deals with it. Amen. Now, having laid that lengthy foundation, let me give you three points real quickly that we covered already in the program. Number one, when someone you know pitches their tent towards Sodom, you go in an opposite direction. Number two, put some distance between you and them. Number three, do all you can to offer them deliverance. Now we're going to continue the message as it was preached 
from the Allenport Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. Abraham did not go burn the city. He's waiting on God. God's going to take care of that. I believe we're to stand strong against the sin of sodomy. I believe we're to stand strong against the deception of sodomy. Even though we are sickened and repulsed by their sin and by their behavior. Amen. Yet we should not respond with hatred, but we ought to offer them the delivering message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can set men free from the bondage of sin and sexual perversion. Amen. Jesus can save fornicators. Jesus can save adulterers. Jesus can save pornographers. Jesus can save strippers. Jesus can save prostitutes. And I believe if a sodomite would turn to him, he could save those that have got caught up in sodomy. Amen. Now, I realize that people can go so far. They can go so far as we turned over to a reprobate mind. They reject God, they reject the Christ of God to the point that they become reprobate in their thinking and will never be saved. However, we do not know where or when they cross that line. As a matter of fact, I believe there are drunkards that have crossed that line that have never committed the act of sodomy. I believe there are fornicators that have crossed that line that have never committed the act of sodomy. I believe there are adulterers that have crossed that line that have never committed the act of sodomy. I'm just simply saying these these people will never be saved, but there yet is no limit to the power of God to them that will believe the gospel. Amen. Amen. Well, I, one more thing. Let me put this note in there before I move on. Go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians. Hold your place in Genesis. We're coming back. But 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, I believe proof text that Jesus can save any person, anybody. 1 Corinthians 6, and while you're turning there, I'll say this, that I believe when a drunkard gets saved, he quits drinking. Amen. He didn't quit to get saved, but he's getting saved, quit him drinking. Amen. I believe that when fornicators get saved, they quit their fornicating. Amen. I believe when adulterers get saved, they quit committing adultery. And if a person were to get saved from sodomy, they will quit it, hate it, and be ashamed of it. They won't even want to mention it. I don't, uh, listen, this crowd that wants to wander around and brag about all the fornication they committed, brag about all the pornography they've watched, brag about all the beer they've... I don't believe they, they know the forgiven grace of God. seems to me like they still got a hunger for those things. And this crowd that wants to say, well, I was a sodomite and I got saved. And they want to brag about all they've listened. God help them. They ought to be ashamed of those things which are done in secret, the Bible said. Amen. Well, now back to my text. 1 Corinthians 6. And look at verse number 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. And he lists those. And I use this particular list. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But ye are washed. 
but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Hallelujah. I believe God can save thieves. I believe God can save idolaters. I believe God can save effeminate. I believe God can save abusers of themselves and mankind. He can save whosoever will. Amen. Now, let me back up and say this again, though. Having said that I believe He can save them, I'm not saying we ought to go down the streets of Sodom, knocking on every door and passing out gospel tracts to the Sodomites, because Abraham didn't do that either. I'm looking at the principle of first mention. Amen. But I am saying that we ought never give up praying, witnessing, and hoping for their salvation. Here's what our Lord said. You don't have to turn, but Mark chapter 10, verse 26 and 27. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Amen. You say, oh, it's impossible for a sodomite to get saved. It's impossible for anybody to get saved unless God saves them. Amen. Nobody gets saved because they didn't do certain things or because they did do other things. That's not why you get saved. You get saved because God in His mercy shows you the light, thank God. You hear the gospel, believe the gospel, hallelujah. And God allows you to believe on Him. Amen. Thank God He gives you that opportunity. So, you have to make a division. You had to go a different direction. You had to put some distance between you. But then I believe we ought never stop offering them some deliverance. Number four, I've got seven of these points, do not expect or accept their donations. If you want to look back at Genesis and, and you say, what's this got to do with this? I don't know. But it's right here in the text, so i got to deal with it. Genesis 14, 21 through 23, and we'll look at it again in a minute. But And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up mine hand unto the Lord, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from from a thread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldest say, I have made Abram rich. Hallelujah. Abraham said, I don't want what you got. Amen. When the king of Sodom offered Abram all the spoil from the battle... Abram refused it. And I believe openly displayed his contempt for their lifestyle. He said, I don't want anything you got. I don't want one thread. If I had a button popped off, I wouldn't ask you for a thread to sew it back on. That's what he's saying. If my shoes came undone and and my shoe latchet was messed up, I wouldn't even ask you for a shoe latchet. Abram refused it and I believe showed his contempt for their wicked ways. I am afraid that many or some religious and charitable organizations have been infiltrated and compromised because they've allowed the sodomites to come in and offer their support for what they're standing for. Amen. By the way, I personally believe that's what happened to the GOP primary. They've had them for years. They called them log cabin Republicans that were openly sodomites and were promoting for openly sodomite ways going into the convention. But many religious and charitable organizations have been infiltrated and compromised by allowing them to donate and participate in their cause without repenting and turning from their abominable ways. 
You may be approached and asked, for example, to go to a restaurant and just meet his boyfriend or her girlfriend. Just meet their friend. If you'll come sit down at our table and fellowship with us, maybe we'll buy your meal. Listen, don't accept or expect their donations. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So we're going to have to break in the message right there. But Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow and continue this message throughout this week. And I would like to invite you to come and be with us tonight for our midweek prayer service every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We'll be meeting here, Lord willing, tonight for that. We'll have special time of prayer around the altar, special time of prayer requests taken from the pulpit, and then we'll have preaching from the Word of God as well as some good singing together, congregational and perhaps special. Love to have you come and be with us for that service tonight at 7 p.m. We are easily located at 1415 Island Ford Road here in Madisonville, Kentucky. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.